I'm Radha Bhandari, and you're watching Anything is Possible. I'm Patrick Sang, global citizen, investor. Join me as I talk with global influencers for their insight, wisdom, and how they overcame their own personal challenges. Sharing positivity, overcoming challenges, creating one world together. I'm Patrick Sang, anything is possible. Welcome to Anything is Possible. Very happy to be in Dubai again. Uh, I have a special guest as a good friend, also Radha Bandari, who's the CEO of R&B Strategic Management. And also you worked in Solomon Brothers, a lot of other accolades. We'll talk about that later. Radha, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on Anything is Possible. Thank you, Radha. So Radha, let's talk about Anything is Possible in Dubai right now. So obviously COVID, we were talking the other night. Yes. Um, so how do you think Dubai's coping with COVID? I think that Dubai and the government and all the officials have done a magnificent job in not only preparing the residents and the visitors for what is going to happen, but also what is happening at the moment in terms of safety, sanitization, and disinfection. So I think they've handled it amazingly. The fact that we can sit here and have an interview is testimony to, to that. Absolutely. So what about um, COVID for you personally? Um, has it been a good time, bad time? Have you, you know, adapted your life? Uh, well, during the pandemic and the lockdown last year, it was obviously unexpected, but those were the measures that the government had taken. Um, I have to say that I'm maybe one of the few who embraced it as well. I found that it was um, an enlightening experience and I learned a lot about what I need to do, what I have to do and what I should do for myself. A lot about self-care and um, just taking the time to see what, what is happening. Sure. And um, let's, let's go back before we talk about your career sure. and, and, and business. Um, tell us a bit about your, you know, your childhood. So I was born and raised in the Bahamas. I, um, my father was with the Ministry of Education. And I was there until I was 14 years old. It was a very simple, very um, close-knit community. Um, and I didn't really know, except for the tropical paradise, that I was in the Bahamas. Um, after that, I began my high school and we moved to the States. So my high school and college and subsequent work was in New York and in New Jersey. So after 14 years, my next round was in the States. And obviously your, your father was a prominent figure because he was working for the government. Um, did he or your mother have any you know, big expectations of you? You know, as far as expectations, I was very fortunate. Of course, everyone would have liked to have a doctor or a lawyer in the family. Um, having said that, no, they knew that I was capable. They were very encouraging, very supportive to the point where they thought you have the potential. So no matter what you do, just do it at your 120%. So I would say the only expectation would have been just go to your max because we know that you can go to your max and you have the capability for it. Other than that, I was very lucky with my brother and I. We didn't have that push towards a specific career choice. And what was your first like, major role in, in your career? So after college, uh, when I was applying into the financial industry in New York, 
Um, my first role was actually working for the capital management division of a boutique investment firm, uh, Financial Partners Capital Management. And um, I was actually hired to work with three portfolio managers with their South American clients. So I was their first Indian American employee uh, speaking written and, spoke, and spoken Spanish with the South American clients on all of their investments. So I found that I found that interesting, and I found that the first time where I thought this is something new, and it opened my mind that you have to be open-minded. So that was my first experience, and I found myself very lucky. Before that was a stepping stone into Solomon Brothers for me. Three years later. So Rada, we we talk a lot about um, global citizen in yes. AIP, where you know I've grown up, born, raised in a different country, now living in a different country, and also how your where your parents are from. Yes. You're obviously another big uh, global citizen from you know your Indian heritage. Yes. You grew up in the Bahamas, spent most of your time in New York, and then you you're now in Dubai. So tell us about the transition from, I guess, the Indian culture to the Bahamas, Bahamas to New York, the U.S., and then working in Wall Street, and then you're, you're now here, like the different stages of your life. Sure. Uh, well, growing up in the Bahamas was something where I embraced the environment and the people. For me, I was really taught to assimilate myself amongst the people. It's not about your origins at that time. What, what you do and how you respect your origins happens in the four walls of your home. But you actually assimilate into society. So Bahamas was that hometown for me. It's the hometown. It's where I grew up. Uh, transiting into the States uh, was a culture shock, I do admit, because you're dealing with a teenager who had to deal with going from a very uh, you know, structured life in growing up in a Catholic school to uh, an environment and a country where anything is possible, <laughs> <laughs> everything is possible, and you learn, and you learn, and once again, you assimilate, you grow, and you learn whether you like it or not. Um, it's how you learn, and it's once again about being open-minded. Um, you have to first accept what's happening. Um, manage your accepting and expecting factors. Um, Going into the States, of course, high school was a transition. College was amazing. And then, of course, going into the workforce. Uh, I wasn't ready for New York City when I moved to the States. But by the time I graduated from college, I was ready. So the country bumped anatomy came into the city girl. Transiting into the UAE, into the Middle East, was another assimilation. Um, once again, thanks to the people. If it weren't for the people here, um, I would not have stayed this long. And that matters. It's the people factor, it's the human factor, it's the human connections. And that, I find, is the strongest foundation in any type of um, living and wherever you are in the world. So I think that's what makes me a global citizen. Um, where my next round takes me, I'm very open-minded. So one of our common friends, uh, Debbie, um, yes. she's somebody that you know we, we talk to. Yes. And she's also another global citizen. She's mm -hmm. also a big... Uh, female CEO in, in this region, yes. and uh, she was telling me about um, you know the glass ceiling, as at least from my perspective, a lot mm -hmm. of people who are outside the UAE thinks that the glass ceiling for, for women 
is even more greater in the in the GCC region right. than elsewhere. Right. But she begged to differ, saying that actually the Gulf has given her actually more opportunities yeah. than in the West. So yeah. what would you have to say about that? So in the financial world, I, I, I would say I will agree with her um, on most of those counts. Um, in the financial world, there is a, a little more of a male dominance and predominance. However, there is abundance of opportunity and it's for the ask. I do believe that um, there is a certain myth that it's a man's world only. I believe that the women do get as much respect here. Um, and like anywhere else, you have to prove your worth, you have to prove your salt. Um, I find that the opportunities are here even more so. Um, for me to go from Solomon Brothers, and when I moved here, even the portfolio managers were wondering why there. But in hindsight, it's one of the best decisions that I made. When, when, when I moved here, I found that the amount of respect I was going through in every career over here and through the financial world, whether I was traveling to Oman or Bahrain or Qatar or East Africa or India was tenfold. So I do agree with Debbie. And for a woman like her who has broken many glass ceilings, um, I admire her and that is testimony as well that women can do anything if they just push their potential and their capabilities. So anything's possible? Anything is possible. You just have to be aware and embrace your potential to be, do and have. Absolutely. So, so what happened uh, for you to you know, come to Dubai in the first place? I, uh, I actually came entirely based on love. I got married and <laughs> okay. I left everything and everyone cold turkey. I left my work, my family, my friends. So I pretty much knew, I knew no one here. I didn't have a job waiting for me. Um, I, they couldn't even, Solomon Brothers at that time did not have an office here to put me into a transitory role. And um, that's what happens. And that was in 2003. Understand. And then uh, what, at the beginning, was it was it difficult? Did it, did it was it easy to adapt? Were people welcoming? Did you have a good time, or you know, it, it took you a bit of time to to love the place? Everything that you have mentioned. Um, the people here have been welcoming. Always have. Physically, it was easy to adapt. Psychologically, it was for a woman who's been in on the corporate ladder for many years in the corporate field. It wasn't that easy to adapt, I do admit. It was um, going from being your own woman in your own right, not asking any permission to, to have the license to, for example, drive to work. Here, when I moved in 2003, I needed someone's permission to work, someone's permission to drive. And I found that uh, restricting. Um, I found that um, I wasn't used to it. I wasn't comfortable in that skin. Um, has that changed here? A bit, yes, it has changed. And as I said, um, no regrets. I came to my own, I held my ground. I found that the people here helped me, they're very helpful. And it's a learning experience, you learn about yourself. Are you willing to embrace new cultures? Are you willing to embrace um, the respect and the laws of a new land? And if you are, then it's all worth it. Obviously you're very, um well-connected person in the, in, the, in the sense of a human connector. So how important is uh, relationships and human connection? Thank you, first of all. Uh, relationships, human connection, I would say is the foundation of whether it's personal or professional. Um, if you want to build, bridge and bond, whether it's with companies, 
whether it's um, on a personal level, whether it's a brand, whether you want to learn for yourself, you need to first find out how comfortable you are in your own skin. And with that, you need to just want to learn. You have to want to learn. You have to want to get to know other people. Um, by then, you can bridge yourself to what is, I, I mean, they sometimes say that sometimes the cave that you're fearing most has the treasure in it. And if you cross over that bridge and overcome that fear, then why not? It's about connecting. Connecting yourself to, you don't know where you're going to end up. And I find that it's very important even now. It's about, this region is about connectivity. It is about networking. It's about getting to know people. And it's a very important factor in any of the industries. And you've seen that. It's about, and that's how we, we met, actually. So, and people are very helpful and they're very happy to connect you. Absolutely. What motivates you in your business and your career? There's a curve. There always has to be a curve and it has to be a learning curve. If I'm not on that learning curve, then I wouldn't say there's a factor of boredom that comes in, but I need a challenge and it has to be a personal challenge. Um, I'm a daughter of an educator and I have a little bit of that DNA in my genes and in my blood and I find that it is always there's always a time to learn if you're not going to learn if you're not going to want to challenge yourself and push yourself um, I need a, that's my motivating factor that got me out of bed for the last 15 years here in terms of the corporate work so you talk a lot, a lot about uh, education yes. learning curiosity yes. to improve oneself what are the kind of other kind of qualities you need as a leader and as a and especially in this region as a female leader as a female leader or as any leader actually even if you know you're male i find that you need to listen and there is a vast difference between hearing someone and listening you need to listen to what other people's needs are you need to see what they are looking for and i have been in the financial industry and i have my interest in the educational industry and in interviewing but i just find that like you you want to listen to see what do people want and what do people need. How can I get them there? Um, that's, no, that's number one. Um, after that, um, you have to understand what can you give. Once you understand what you can give, you can apply and you can execute. And this can apply whether it's to marketing, advertising, financial, real estate, everything. I would be surprised if that's something that's not a common rule amongst all the industries. So hindsight is uh, a wonderful tool. Um, <laughs> and um, what kind of advice would you give to some of our younger audience as to, you know, what advice would you have given the young Rhonda 10, 15, 20 years ago before you ventured out? What kind of advice would you give for career-wise? Career-wise, I now say to anyone um, for the next generation and even to colleagues and friends, think out of the box. However, when you're thinking out of the box, there's also a circle. So when you step out of the box, there's also a circle that you should really take the maximum advantage of. You have that circle of friends, you have the circle of colleagues, you have that network. And I found myself not doing this. I found myself not leveraging and maximizing my network within the circle, which I've started to do in the last two years. So as I said, you learn a lot about yourself and step out of that box, step out of your comfort zone challenge yourself. I mean, if you find that you would like to perhaps go into design as well as going to finance or fashion, then why not? You know, and use your circle because 
the world is round. So and, and, and would you, uh, what one sentence would you use to describe yourself to um, how you've got to where you've been today? How I've got to where I've been today, I would say determined, driven, but not alone. But not alone. I've had a lot of cheerleaders along the way. I will give them also as much credit. I've had a lot of supporters. I am grateful. So if I had to describe it, I would absolutely say grateful, determined, and very driven. So the takeaway is, you know, be grateful for be grateful. what you have, be determined. And uh, I always say, you know, you know, no one has a perfect life. We no. all go up and down. Absolutely. So what's been the most um, challenging time of, of your life? Challenging times, I would, uh, on a professional level, there have been, I would say, about three challenging times. One, of course, when I moved here in 2003, I basically stopped work. I had to start all over again. I had to find my footing. I'm proud of myself. Um, I had to let go of the ego, which is another advice I would give to the next generation. Let go of the ego that, you know, you're as good as your credentials. It's okay to ask for help. And I started doing that. Um, I landed an amazing role here at the Pramal Group for 10 years because of that. Um, I would also say that it has a lot to do with determination. You know, when I was going through what I went through with all of the challenges, um, personally, even in relationships, even with friends, uh, you have to stay focused, stay positive, but know your own skin and learn to ask. It's very important to learn to ask if you do not, if you lose your way or if you feel that you need some guidance. Um, another challenging time, of course, came during the COVID last year. All work stopped on the corporate sector. And that's when I decided to launch my consultancy. It's good to learn, but it's good to push yourself out of and, your and at one point, did you decide, you know, you pulled the trigger to, to, to become an entrepreneur? I felt I've always been that entrepreneur in the last few years, stepping off of, um, stepping out of the box, the DIFC box, but I never admitted it. Officially, I pulled the trigger during the pandemic. I took a course, a Wharton online course, and I learned a lot how the digital world is more necessary and predominant, just as simple as ordering groceries, just as simple as going on an online course. And that's when I realized I'm learning, I'm challenging, but what can I do for myself and continue what I am doing? And with that, I launched my consultancy last year to connect, to restructure, to bridge, and to build. And how did you adapt to you know, the, the COVID and pandemic in terms of to maximize how you can offer your you know, services to people? Um, that was also another challenge, Zoom. Who would have thought <laughs> that Zoom um, could have actually come in that handy? And this is a region where technological access has been limited to whatever facilities that we have available in terms of the providers. Uh, for the residents that live here, they would know about that. But accessibility was made available. And um, how I launched it was all through Zoom. And it wasn't that challenging because you once again have to just embrace being open-minded. It's okay. It's okay to have sweat once in a while. It's okay to worry. It's okay to be tense and nervous because that's what pushes you further. And I think we, we, we talked before um, last week on, um, what was I going to say, how, you know, when, you, when you, you talk about embrace, the human connector, 
how do you deal with it where Zoom, we're not face-to-face, -face, there's no body language? Right. Um, how do you get it past that point? This, this really is a pertinent point, and it's not easy. So on one hand, everyone wants to decrease that digital divide, at least I would like to for the next generation. On the other hand, how do you get that personal connection? Um, you really just take the time to get to know the other side. It's not about, okay, hi, good afternoon. What are the topics for today? Talk about something having to do with life. Just have that human connecting factor. Um, empathy. It is about empathy. It's about we're all in this together. And I know it sounds cliche, but I think for the first time, every, we had witnessed history last year. Everyone in the world was locked in or locked down all over the world. So em empathy. How can you not say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How is the family? No matter who you know and who you don't know. Um, it's not easy. It's very important having that interface. Personal interface is what really is the true binder. But if you don't have it, then find a way. You have to find a way. So finding a way, um, how do you embrace risk taking? Pretty much like every human, it's not easy. It gives you palpitations. Um, there's a lot of nervousness involved. Um, but what you should do is transform that. Transform that and say, okay, what is the upside? I'm trying something new. Um, there will be no medals, but there will be triumphs. Small successes. And with that, if you can just work yourself to say, that's one triumph for me, that's one goal. It's a personal motivation factor. And if you do not have the foundation of motivating yourself, if you do not have that grit, if you do not have that open-mindedness to say, it's okay, we will fall, we will make mistakes, learn, learn your lessons, take the lessons and learn. Um, it's not easy. It's never gonna be easy, but that's life. Nothing is easy and anything that's easy and is probably not worth um, getting. Sometimes, yes. Okay, um, what about your career in terms of like five years ago, when you look back now, is that how you envisage where you are today? Absolutely not. <laughs> it was very structured, very corporate America, corporate ladder, um, it was defined. I never knew I would be this entrepreneurial. I never knew I would actually be comfortable staying in the box sometimes, stepping out of the box, getting out of my comfort zone, getting out of that comfortable skin, and I'm enjoying myself. And that's another um, recommendation. If anyone would ask me, what is the one thing you should do if you really want to soar? If you can actually enjoy what you're doing, then why not? Then go for it. It's worth the risk. For me, it's that happiness factor of enjoying what I do. And so far, I have been very fortunate with the roles, with the teams, with my bosses. I've enjoyed every step of the way. Indeed. And what about um, being an entrepreneur? There's a lot of people who, who, before they become an entrepreneur, a lot of them, a lot of the people do not, uh, they don't have the courage right. uh, to make the plunge. Um, right. it, from your experience, what advice would you give people in day jobs who yeah. sort of want to leave? Right but some people never actually make the leap. Right. Um, what advice would you give to these people? I actually, I do believe it takes a village. I have a village. I had people who I bounced ideas out of. I have a business coach who's also a close friend. 
she's always said, she's always said to me, you've been an entrepreneur, um, talk it through. She never advised me, but she heard me and she listened. And she said, why can you not do, do this? I do believe there should be a checks and balance. For those people who are nervous about it, who are thinking, okay, I belong in the office doing this role, hmm. you need someone in your life to say, well, why not? And bounce that idea. Have someone be your checks and balance, whether it's a partner, whether it's a friend. Um, it's important. It's important. And if you find that you have an idea and if it's not viable or if you don't see the visibility, you will only know, you, you won't know unless you try. So if you feel you're worth trying for, then why not? I always say that, then why not? And um, obviously one of your roles, you were all over the place in Middle East, in yes. Africa, India. Um, do you see any similarities between the different regions? or do you see a lot of some uh, differences? The similar uh, backbone I would say is yes, there have been on, I've been only in a financial space in dealing with corporates, banks, and family offices and institutions. Um, at one point I would have said they're emotional investors, but um, now it's, it's sophistication, it's savvy, everyone is on top of their investments in terms of um, what they would like, in terms of their investment objectives. The similarity would be that, in that um, you need a lot of patience among all of these countries. Um, you need to be persistent. The difference is, of course, they're different countries. They have still different cultures. Um, it's about getting to know the people. And that's where patience comes in. Because with patience, you see where they're similar and you see where they're different. Um, this region is not like being in the financial world or to be in London, Hong Kong, or New York, where things are done as of yesterday. There is patience, but patience is a virtue as well. And um, in terms of um, being an entrepreneur now, what do you think are the most difficult things being an entrepreneur? It is difficult right now, because right now you are dealing with external factors mm. such as the pandemic, sure. such as travel. Travel is huge. This, um, whether it's the UAE, this entire region thrives on traveling. It used to be transitory travel. Um, this is a connecting region between the East and the West. Um, there are a lot of challenges. However, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. The digital space is there. Um, I think that we should now spend time, spend less time making excuses and spend more time um, saying, okay, instead of this, how can I do it? Um, we're lucky we have WhatsApps, we have connectivity, we have email, and find a way. There will be challenges. There'll always be a challenge. Sometimes you cannot travel, sometimes, but you find a way. And you think of a find a way. And if you cannot find a way, then what do we should do? Ask. Interesting enough, in uh, Chinese, in Cantonese, we call it ngai gei, and it means uh, crisis. So it's two okay. characters. Okay. Uh, ngai means um, danger, and gei means opportunity. So I think JFK, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, he talks about this Chinese word, words, and um, that's exactly about the, the crisis. So have you ever turned... Uh, a crisis, a negative situation into a positive one and creating an opportunity? 2020. 2020 was it. Um, I find that 
I never expected 2020 to turn out the way it did. Um, barring the pandemic, um, I lost a dear friend to cancer. So on a personal basis, um, that was a personal crisis, but it was also something that I had to see how I'm going to deal with it. Then you're dealing with work on a professional level where everyone is at a standstill. Um, how did I, I wouldn't say turn a crisis, turn different situations that occur. Um, everything is a lesson to be learned. Every situation, um, whether it's an experience, whether it's a person that you're experiencing, um, it's a lesson to, to be learned. So during 2020, during the COVID and the lockdown, I actually embraced all my feelings, all my thoughts and said, okay, what is my lesson learned? the positive lessons that I've learned. How can I live with those lessons? How can I apply those lessons? And as a result of that, I took time for myself. I gave back the time to my family. I took what my friend had taught me and moved forward. And it's about moving forward in a positive aspect. So taking that negative situation and emotions and the external factors and turning it into something positive I enjoyed my cooking. <laughs> I didn't think I cooked that well, but I thought I did. I enjoyed learning, taking that Wharton online course, and that's when I decided I'm going to go ahead and start my consultancy. And that all happened last summer. All Excellent. of it. So, then, you know, I, I guess it's uh, really good and inspiring that people, you know, instead of looking at it from a negative standpoint, right. that, you know, COVID is uh, restricting. No, but, embrace you know, it. But, you know, embrace it and you, you can do a lot of things. So. That's a min winning mentality in my book. What else do you think is needed for a winning mentality? Also, um, it's, it's really, I, I'm sounding you know, redundant, but for a winning mentality, you really have to be your own hero. And it's uh, when you're on a plane, and we discussed this, when you're on a plane, the first thing that they say is, in case of emergency, put <laughs> on your oxygen mask before you put other people's. I didn't understand what that meant until last year. I'll be honest. Um, when you're put in a situation where you find, how can I move forward um, on any level, you take care of yourself. It's self-care, but it's, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance between taking care of yourself mentally and physically. Last year stressed a lot of mental care, but refine your skills, refine yourself, take care of yourself, put on your oxygen mask, then you can take care of everyone else, whether it's work or whether it's the family and the friends. I, I agree with that 100%. I, I think, you know, I've been talking about this a long time. You know, we talk about obviously love, happiness, yeah. health, all this wealth and all this kind of stuff. But I think the most important thing is health. Yes. Because if you don't take care of yourself and you're physically and yes. mentally, you know, well, you can't love or care about anybody else I either agree. because there's no time left. So I think we, um, we are all, all are guilty of not taking care of ourselves enough, so right. we have to do more more of that. But talking about, I guess, more fun things, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, like you, also a nerd, like reading books, watching movies. Are there any books or movies that, obviously, in your lifetime that you've watched that you, that have been very touching and inspiring for yourself? Well, I I always enjoy the period movies, but I have to say there is this one book I've read twice in the last. 15 months and um, it's it's a book called Ikigai and it basically describes the Japanese um, 
by Hector Garcia. It, it describes the Japanese um, viewpoints on the successful secrets to longevity and happiness. And for me, it's just, it makes sense. It makes sense. It basically consolidates all that we're talking about, where if you can get to that intersect of um, your profession and your passion, right? And if you can see what your mission is and your vocation, if you can get to that one intersect where all four you are encompassing and everything in your life entails all those four aspects, um, that is where your happiness factor happens. So the book is very simple, very common sense, but it's so common sense where we don't practice it. And it just it, it makes sense of what you do versus what you love versus what you get paid for and what the world needs from you. If we can just step back, some, sometimes you need to step back in order to leave forward. We can just step back and say, why can I not achieve all these four for that ikigai mo moment or that lifetime, then um, I think that book is inspiring. I would recommend it to anyone. So remember everyone, ikigai, the, the book. Yes, um, absolutely. So, you know, I, I guess there's a lot of um, factors you just mentioned in that which is uh, relevant to AIP, which, you know, we, we try to make the best out of our lives. Yes. You, know, so, you know, I always talk about, you know, when I dealt a hand of cards, like in poker, it's a life of poker. Yes or poker of life, sorry. Um, and we're dealt with a, a hand of cards where we have no choice, i.e. where you were born, who yep. your parents were. That's right. the kind of thing which I call, I guess, fate and luck, which are things that you can't change. Right. But be that as it may, you just play the best hand that you've got. Right. And you can't uh, compare yourself to anyone else. And you shouldn't, and you shouldn't be jealous of your friends or your family. Right. You want everyone to do well. And I think if you adopt that attitude, then you know, you'll do much better and be much happier. I agree with you right? 100%. Um, so the next thing which is quite you know, dear to my heart is principles and ethics. What principles and ethics do you uh, live by and how do you uphold them? Aspire yourself first, then you can inspire other people. Um, I have a mentor and I've been fortunate enough where I was a stranger in her life and she's one person who believes I can not only fly, that I can soar. And I've learned that, yes, you have to begin within before you reach out. Um, so aspire yourself before you inspire others. Um, learn, earn, and return. Mm. Some people would go earn, learn, and return. Whichever way it works, it's all individual. Um, I'm a very big supporter, and I believe even more so that small blessings, there's small blessings in everything. There's small blessings in just being here. And um, the return factor is very big for me. That's what I aspire to. And I do hope that eventually everyone has learned their lesson from last year. I mean, things, and you mentioned it perfectly, there are things that are not in our control. We can design our lives as best as we want. We can go ahead and say, I'm gonna be the CEO, I'm gonna do this. And what happens? Corona happens, COVID happens, things happen, you cannot do anything. So um, just take a little step back and just think about how you want to return back to yourself, back to the world. And that's pretty important. So have a bit of faith. Have faith, be positive, but also um, understand. Understand what's happening and move forward, but move forward with the intention. It's all about intention. 
if you still have that intention, how are you going to work towards it? How are you going to work hard? And I do believe in working hard. Um, as you mentioned, when it comes to luck or kismat, as we would like to say, it's not in our control. So why not look at what's in your control, work hard at it. And it's part of my ethos, look to return. It's about paying it forward. And what, what, what are your views on like work hard? I think, you know, in Asian culture, work hard ethic is, a, is, a, is, a, is not even anything special. It's just the standard. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a very high tolerance level of yes. hard work, as in yes. no sleep, keep working. So, and the people talk about work smarter, work hard. So right. what's your views on work hard, work smart? My role model is my father. So with him, he retired, he's about 85 years old. He retired for one week in his life and he did some gardening. And now he's written his second book. He's again working on a project. Um, and he is the one that has shown us by his actions that it's okay, roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty, and why not? There's no medal at the end of it and you shouldn't expect one, but it's for you. If you, if you want to learn for yourself, if you want to better yourself, um, working smarter, I think if it happens on an efficient basis, great. But working hard should always happen. It should always happen because how, don't expect all the time. Don't expect all the time, but accept what is happening and then you can manage your expectations. And how does religion or spirituality um, affect you in your business or your personal life? I'm a spiritual person, but with that, I also believe um, my viewpoints are very um, broad-minded and open-minded. Um, I have a lot of respect for faith and anyone's practice and beliefs. Um, I went to a Catholic school when I was in Bahamas. And in, when I was in the States, we would go to the Sikh and the Hindu tem temples. And I'm living in the Middle East where Islam is the predominant religion. Hmm. So I'm also very respectful and I embrace that religion as well. I believe that it's about respect. Um, for everyone who wants to practice, wants to believe, you just have that respect. I don't impose, I don't infringe. And, um, and I think that's the way it should be. It, it, we're in a universal world where we say we're global citizens, but what does that mean if you cannot respect anyone's practices and their faith? Of course, and obviously your, your, your father is a very prominent figure in your life. Are there any other like role models apart from your father? Well, the reason he is also is that he's always believed that women can do as much if not more than you know, anyone man. Having said that, I, um, I had mentioned that Dame Sheila Driscoll mm. came into my life a few years ago. Um, I was a stranger in her life. She didn't know me because of any introduction. Um, this is also testimony to what I was saying. I just asked for advice from her and that's it. I sent her a message. She gets a million messages a day and I just wanted advice. And then she took me under her wing to the point where she knows where I am right now, sitting with you. <laughs> And, um, and for people to have faith in you and support you, um, she's one of those persons where she says, you, you've got this, you've got this, you are capable, you're not gonna fly, you're gonna soar. And 
I still ask for advice. And I think it's drop the ego. If you really need to find out something, then it's okay. And do you believe in, in regret? I believe in learning lessons. I believe that um, we say that we regret something, but really what is regret? It's just a lesson learned. Um, I've used the term a lot, but do I really regret anything in my life? No, it's a journey. I, I, you know, there are people that have been in my life and I've learned a lot from them. And there are certain people that are no longer in my life, but I've also learned a lot from them. And it's, it's something that you have to, you have to take on a positive note. It's not easy. Um, whether it's a work experience or a personal experience, but it's a lesson learned. I mean, you learn your lesson and you live by those lessons learned. Now, it's not easy, but uh, regret. I think only college students can say, oh, I regret I didn't take that course. But other than that, in hindsight, they will also say it was a lesson learned. Very well said. And what about luck? Luck is not in our control. Luck is pretty much um, something that happens, we cannot control it. Um, it's like kismet, let them be, let those forces of nature be. Um, we should all know that, that if luck is on our side, so be it. And, um, but always have your grit, always have the hunger. Stay hungry and um, luck is something we cannot control. It's like kismet. Success um, is different in everyone's language and yeah. definition. What's your definition of success and how do you go about getting it? Success, my recipe for success. Um, I have a lot of factors, but I also, stand, I also stand ground that success is not an end goal. You can be successful throughout your life. Um, in eighth grade, I was, for me, this was a small success story. I was a valedictorian. But in eighth grade, compared to in 12th grade where I wasn't, it's all relative. Keep your success stories um, as your triumphs to learn. Um, I find that everyone's story is different, everyone's journey is different. You and I could be working together. You have your ambition, you have your drive, you have your goals, and so do I. But your success story can be something else, and same with me. Have a menu, have a menu to offer the world. Your menu could be your services, your menu could be your products but have conviction and confidence. If you, if, if you don't have that passion and that confidence in yourself, your small triumphs you will overlook. Um, there, there was a saying that, that I go by that the greatest gift that we can have in life is the conviction that we are loved, loved for ourselves or loved in spite of ourselves. So get your, your success story by, um, there are many factors. It's the grit, it's the, it's the determination, but have those success stories along your journey along the way. That's really well said. Um, what about your life ethos, Radha? My life ethos, it's very simple. Um, be humble, be your own hero first. Um, work hard, balance, now more than ever. I, I used to say work hard, play harder. No, now it's about balance. Um, it's, it's about keeping your mental and your physical, and you had mentioned, you know, that um, a lot of the times in the Asian culture that it's about working that 24-7 and all that. I do believe in balance. I do believe that um, learn about other people, learn what they need, and listen. Learn, listen, live. Excellent. 
What about legacy? How do you want to be remembered and pass on your legacy? I, um, I sometimes tell friends that, you know, how are we making it memorable? And sometimes they would see me writing it down. Thanks for making it memorable. It could be a moment. It could be um, an experience. It could, even this, this is making it memorable. As far as a legacy, I am um, passionate about education, um, the next generation, and I'm even more passionate about um, decreasing the, di the digital divide. Um, there was a boy who I knew, who a good friend's son who passed away two years ago. He, through him, we learned, it's another lesson learned, that it's very important to push teaching the next generation about technology but showing disadvantaged children, if I can go ahead and contribute in a positive way to the next generation, it's about education on another level, then I would feel humbled. Inspiring, go for it. Um, what's the next big thing for Radha? The next big thing for me, collaboration. Collaboration on, um, and not necessarily on the financial front, on the educational front, on the interviewing front. And um, I would say, in terms of the various spaces, watch, watch the space. We shall. So yes. on anything is possible, Radha, as you know, we try to share positivity, yes. overcome challenges, and create one world together by yes. you know, allowing more di diversity. Um, Radha Bandari, our last question is always, please share your number one advice to the audience, especially our younger viewers. My one advice would be be true to yourself. Know yourself before you get to know other people. Um, put your potential out there. Push the envelope to be, do, and have. Um, anything to create and uh, because it's all possible. It's all possible. Radha, um, it's a perfect summary for anything is possible. Thank you once again for, for joining you, us. Um, Thank you for having me. I pre appreciate it and uh, I'm sure everyone will, will learn something. Thank you, Patrick, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Radha.